If you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. You know what it is. Welcome to another edition of the Fantasy Freestyle, where we put the fun in functional fantasy content. I'm your host, the spitting statistician, Dane Martinez. Back with me is my man, Maddie Modica. Check us out as well as all of the good starting five content on the Cloud 10 Podcast Network. Maddie, I got to ask you, I mean, there's plenty to dive into, but how was Vegas? How was your drafting? You feel good about your teams or did you go with the uh, J.K. Dobbins, Aaron Rodgers? combo uh i vegas was a fun time i survived it uh i do have some dobbins yep i have a lot of Garrett wilson but i also have a lot of bruce hall i mean going into week two people know it's kind of like overreaction time a lot of people won a lot of people lost and a lot of people got banged out with injuries so let's talk about that and get you ready for your waiver wires to run and that's what we're going to be doing here for the most part on fantasy freestyle whatever happened now the dust has settled the mris have been taken let's get you ready to move on forward so i guess the first question i want to ask you obviously what everybody is talking about here in the world of the nfl and probably the headline from week one Aaron Rodgers does not even throw or complete a pass with the New York Jets, and he won't for the rest of the season. The MRIs have come out, and what we all knew when we were watching that game, Aaron Rodgers knew it himself when he was sitting on the floor looking at the coaches. It is a torn Achilles. He will be done for the season. And Salah said after the game that it's going to be Zach Wilson um, for the rest of the year. So I guess, Maddie, my first question for you is, What's the impact there? Like, do you think Zach Wilson is a viable QB too? How much of a downgrade is it to some of the Jets wide receiving core? You mentioned Garrett Wilson. And then I wonder, is it a boost for people like Brees Hall? Because maybe they're going to be more run heavy. How do you um, judge the impact of some of these Jets fantasy assets moving forward now that Aaron Rodgers is done for the year? Uh, I mean, Garrett Wilson was my most owned early player. Forget about it. Uh, this, in his rookie season, he had the second most targets behind Anquan Bolden. So, and, and it just looks like a phenomenal talent. He had no competition. He had the clearest path to a 30% or more target share. Rodgers was probably going to feed him like Devontae Adams. So it's a major impact there. And he takes a major hit. Uh, I mean, they have no choice but to go with Zach Wilson right now. My hope. One of my friends texted me last night. I kind of agree with this. Is let's bring in Minshew Mania. Ooh. I think that's a good thing. I mean, the Colts aren't going to win this year. I know he fits that system, but you give them a draft pick, and I think they trade him. And at least it gives you a viable guy to step in to have too good of a team. And on the flip side with Brees Hall, I drafted a lot of Brees Hall in the sixth round. I said to myself, this is Saquon Barkley in the sixth. If this guy is healthy, or if I got to wait a couple of weeks, a month, at some point for the progressions he had in camp, that he was hitting 23 miles an hour, yeah. that he was running past routes, and you saw last night. If he didn't get hurt last year, odds on he was RB1 going into this year. So I'm excited about that. Very depressed about Garrett Wilson. Yeah. Forget about it. 
So let me say, and you saw that last night, right? Brees Hall with an 80-some-odd-yard run, taking screens and making chunk plays of it. The question I have, though, is now if you're a defensive coordinator facing Jets, you got 8, 9, 11, maybe all 53 men in the box, you know, trying to stop Brees Hall and maybe cook to a lesser extent. You know, I am forcing Zach Wilson to beat me with his arm, and we'll see if we can do that. You mentioned Gardner Minshew. I've heard talk of guys like Jameis Winston, Carson <laughs> Wentz, even putting in a call to Tom Brady, asking him to sell <laughs> his share in the Raiders to come on and join the Jets. That would be like Derek Jeter set, mm-hmm. like leaving his general manager job in Florida to go play shortstop for the Boston Red Sox on a whim for the rest of the season. I don't think it is going to happen, but obviously it is a, a situation worthwhile watching and listen i'm a jets fan okay my season my my grandparents had season tickets in shea stadium watching joe namath the first time i ever had a swig of alcohol was in section 305 of the meadowlands okay (laughs) so i you know i am crestfallen like everybody else but we'll see what happens in the future and the defense was good enough to beat the buffalo bills last night and come from 10 down so maybe all hope is not lost. The other thing I want to ask you, Maddie, before we kind of go into the waiver run is what would you say was your biggest surprise on the positive side from week one? You know, I mean, we had some dogs win. We had some knockout pool survivor pools get lost. The Bengals lose the Seahawks lose the Vikings lose, you know, Justin Fields kind of lays an egg. What was, you know, we talk about the crestfallen nature of the Jets fans, you know, what fan base are you waking up going into week two, not overreacting, but, you know, pleasantly surprised by? They are who we thought they were. I think the biggest takeaway game was uh, Seattle and the Rams, the Seahawks and the Rams. I mean, Matthew Stafford looked damn good. I mean, this guy, I mean, we were worried about the elbow, right? right. So, but he's had one of the strongest arms, you know, the guy can sling it. And he was throwing it all over the field. Puka Nuka, Atwell, Tutu Atwell. I mean, Tutu Atwell is a former second-round pick. I yep. mean, he's a very tiny yeah, guy. He's like five, but sure. But he had an insane college season. You know, that, that kid was on his resume. Mm-hmm. So that the, had the Rams played. Uh, Kyron Williams. I mean, I, I was uh, a no-acres guy. I don't have any Kyron Williams neither, but Kyron Williams is just like, Kind of, you know, even if it's a timeshare, he kind of usurped it. I think he's getting the mm-hmm. uh, heavier dose of that. And on the Seahawks side, I mean, 119 yards passing. Uh, I mean, DK salvaged it with that fantastic move he made. Like that corner was so like his ankles are still on the field from that <laughs> move. But I mean, that salvaged his day. DK five targets, JSN five targets, Lockett four targets. Now, we can go back to last year. Lockett, I think, was a non-factor in week one and then went on to be a top 15 like wide receiver. Right. So, again, it's week one, not to get overreaction. But what I would take away from it is if Cooper Cup, which I'm very worried about, like the guy went to go see a specialist, yeah. he's 30, he re-injured. But if Cooper Cup comes back after week four, which I thought was the smart move, let this guy heal, comes back after week four, he is going to smash. If he's healthy – you know, and Stafford is, is looking the way he looks. You know, the Rams are maybe the Rams are this year's Seattle, uh, Seattle Seahawks of uh, 2022. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. Matt, for me, 
It was that Cleveland-Cincinnati game, okay? And don't get me wrong. I think Cincinnati is going to be okay. You're not going to have T. Higgins with zero catches, you know, moving forward. To me, though, what I did think was interesting is the Cleveland Browns' defense. I thought that was really important. You saw them moving Miles Garrett all over the place on the defensive line. And unlike last year where Clowney was kind of the other bookend, Zadarius Smith on the other side for this Cleveland pass rush, I think is legitimately important. Now you have these bookends. I think there's some creativity going on in Cleveland with the way they use Garrett and their secondary. You know, we know about um, Denzel Ward. You know, you got the kid out of LSU, mm-hmm. Delpit, right? I think they are evolving on the back end. And I want to consider that maybe the Cleveland Browns defense will make other teams look the way the Cincinnati Bengals did in week one. Now, I know there was weather. I know Burrow had some lingering injuries and all that. But I do think that, you know, we were wondering if Deshaun Watson was going to try to light it up. I think now with that defense, Deshaun Watson can be a game manager of sorts with that run game, with that defense. And I think people need to take a second look at the Cleveland Browns as well. Hello, you play to win the game. T. Higgins had eight targets, yep. zero receptions, over 140 air yards. I think he was fourth in the league in air yards. So, I mean, I think he's going to be fine. Joe Burrow, it seems like the last two Septembers, again, the previous two years before this one, he had no training camp due to injuries. Yeah, but to me, yeah. Back. And he's looked terrible in September. If we remember last season, it was, I think, on a Monday night or a Thursday. I know it was like a primetime game. In Cleveland, the Browns just destroyed the Bengals. They seem to own that team. He's a baseball reference. Like one of the greatest pitchers, Pedro Martinez, used to say as a Red Sox, the Yankees own me, the Yankees are my daddy. He's my daddy. And it just seems like that's the case. I will say for Watson, passing the ball, we could chalk it up to the weather. It was terrible weather. Uh, He did not look good. He got the rushing touchdown. That was good. But I wasn't really impressed by the uh, passion. But again, very bad weather, so we yeah. can talk. And like I said, you know, I, I I say that to also mean maybe Watson could be game manager-esque. Mm-hmm. You have Nick Chubb in tow and you have a defense that could be one of the better ones in the NFL. The other thing, I want to ask you a question. And by the way, then we're going to kind of go into the waiver wire, talk about some of these guys you mentioned already, you know, uh, Puka Nakua and Kyron Williams and other guys that may be targets moving forward. But the one question I do want to ask you, you know, uh, if anybody was listening to the fantasy freestyle throughout the preseason, you were high on not one, but two running backs from the Philadelphia Eagles in DeAndre Mm -hmm. Swift and Rashad Penny, right? Penny was a coach's decision, not even on the active roster. Swift, I think he got like two touches in that one. And Kenneth Gainwell had 14 carries, gets into the end zone. We also saw how Sirianni listed like all four running backs on the depth chart kind of together. I know we don't want to overreact. And I know week one is a liar. Okay, but Mm -hmm. from someone who was very high on the Swift and Penny part of that committee, do you have any evolving thoughts on the running back room in Philadelphia? I mean, after week one, you're like, hey, it's it's Kenny Gainwell. He's a bell cow, but I'm still skeptical of it. I don't think Kenny Gainwell can sustain that kind of a workload. Here's me wish casting. Maybe it's just me wish casting. 
But when I looked after the game and I realized the Eagles are playing on Thursday night, so it's a mm-hmm. short week. So I know from the reports I read, Rashad Penny kind of turned it on towards the end of camp. He was looking like himself. He was coming off of a broken leg or whatever. With his usage to me was mind-boggling. I don't know. Was it the rain? I have no idea. Did they think they had the game in hand? When it was 16-0, it looked like it was just going to be an onslaught. It looked like that game was over. So I, I don't know. Now I saw on the injury report, Kenny Gainwell has maybe a rib injury. Mm. I don't know. But I saw that. I, I just I think Kenny Gainwell is a good player. I don't think he's a guy that can sustain this kind of usage. Right. So, I mean, if he's available in your league, I don't know. Like, I play in 20-round leagues. But if he's available in your 15, 16-round league, obviously he's, like, the top guy you're going to go after. I don't think he's really available, but just swelling that out there. So, uh, right now, it looks bad. Again, you say week one is a lie. It's a long season. I'm still betting on Swift and Penny basically being league winners. Yeah, I actually yeah, think, you know, Swift, there's opportunity there as well. If someone drops a Penny or a game or a or a Swift, I'm over here saying, you know, put them on your team, file mm-hmm. a claim, spend some fab. Yeah, I love the point you made about Philly um, on Thursday Night Football here in week two. And I also saw Sirianni say after the game, you know, that he never wants to leave a game with DeAndre Swift only getting two touches, you know, so they are conscious of that. I think you are correct in the idea of not wanting to use everybody and that Kenneth Gainwell is not a bell cow. He is not going to kind of sustain this load week in and week out. All right. So let's get into it. I want winners. I want people that want to win. Besides Aaron Rodgers, we know J.K. Dobbins also tore his Achilles. He's done. I think Deontay Johnson had a hammy. Aaron Jones had a hammy as well. Let's start with the running back position, Mm -hmm. okay? And if you are organizing your waiver wires, your claims, your fab budget, you've already mentioned um, Kyron Williams, right? He had 15 carries, 52 yards to, to Cam Akers, you know, 29 carries. I mean, 29 yards on 22 carries. There's also the situation in Baltimore. What are you prioritizing if you need a running back on the waiver wire? Let's say you lost J.K. Dobbins. Are you running to Baltimore? And if so, who? Are you picking up Kyron Williams? Or are there other running backs that are out there that you really like? And in general, I'm looking at guys that are, you know, rostered in, you know, 50, 60 percent of leagues. We're not giving out Mm -hmm. people that are on rosters that are inaccessible for the most part. But where are you starting? I'll, I'll list the three. We'll start in Baltimore, but let me list the top three running backs, in my opinion. Okay. Uh, not specific order, but, you know, Kyrie Williams is one of them. Joshua Kelly is another mm. one. And Justice Hill is another one. And Justice, like Dobbins looked like he was going to smash. He, yep. I mean, he looked fantastic diving into the end zone. He got tackled. I thought maybe he just like twisted his ankle a little, just even. To get out for a play, and then unfortunately you see him getting carried down the stairs, and his season is over. One of the things, and I was a big Dobbins guy, I have shares, Me too. and I need to replace him. One thing where I lucked out with uh, on this situation, well, not lucking out, but making it a best case scenario for what it is right now, is I have a lot of Justice Hill, mm-hmm. and I got that in the last week or so. When uh, when I was going out to Vegas, I was reading up on the on the Ravens, and the OC was gushing about Justice Hill, how he had a fantastic camp, great preseason, fits this offense well. 
Uh, Justice Hill, I've always been a fan of. I blew a couple hundred dollars on him last year. That didn't work. Uh, but I started drafting him in the 19th and 20th rounds. I have 20-round drafts. So I got him on teams. Uh, we had waivers on Wednesday and Saturday night. I added him for a few dollars, uh, especially the, the leagues that had Dobbins, and I tried to get him just as, just as a backup. And I, right. I think he's a talented guy. I am going to go for Justice over Gus. Uh, I think them using him on the goal line in those two uh, touchdowns was really big for me. They split the uh, carries, I think, eight apiece. But here's the difference. This isn't the old Ravens offense, that archaic offense. It's Todd Munkin. It's a new. It's a pass friendly. He is a pass catcher. He mm. is fast. He is talented. Uh, you know, let's go back and look at his college career if, if, if you want to question that. So I'm going to bet on Justice. I know some people are going to bet on Gus. I think Gus is probably more owned. You know, most people get on the Gus bus anyway. So I don't know what his right. availability is. So that's my take there. Let me ask you something. Let's stick on Baltimore here because, you know, there was also like Melvin Gordon on the practice squad. There's also the idea of putting in a call to Kareem Hunt, Leonard Fournette. And then the other part for me is there's also this rookie Keaton Mitchell out of East yes. Carolina who they liked in the preseason who, to, to your point about the Todd Monken passing offense, could be a PPR kind of back. And he's on IR. He's supposed to come back, I believe, in week five. And and for me, honestly, I'm kind of intrigued by Keaton Mitchell. And 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 I'm intrigued by the idea that a Melvin Gordon could be out there or the idea that it's going to be such a three, four, five-headed committee in Baltimore that maybe someone like Kyron Williams is better to get than any one of these Baltimore guys because you're going to be playing whack-a-mole each week on who actually is trying to take J.K. Dobbins. For me, unless it's Keaton Mitchell and I'm on the speculative rookie ascending play like that, I'm kind of avoiding this situation, Matt. You play to win the game. Uh, I'm going to be aggressive with justice. I, I okay. hear what you're saying, and there's valid points, and I could be wrong. It could be it could be the Gus show next week. But I'm thinking this is a guy that they've had on this team and he's talented and just hasn't happened yet. And I think the opportunity is here. I think he, he fits this. I do like the Mitchell take, but again, he's not coming back to week five. Yeah. I mean, Melvin Gordon, I'm really not in on. The one thing I will say is the Ravens seem to like these old running backs. You really? get Latavius Murray and the yep. Freeman. So that is a bit of a concern. Uh, as far as Karen Williams goes, if he's available, you got to be aggressive. I mean, you, you saw this guy. He looked like the better back. He got the work. Uh, I was not a Cam Akers guy. Uh, so so when you say aggressive, Matt, what are we talking about? Are we talking about 40% of your fab budget? Are we talking about two-thirds of your fab budget in week I, one I, on I a guy like Eaton Mitchell? That might be a spec. Well, not on Mitchell, but like on a Karen Williams, I okay. think you, you have to start between 30 to 40%. Okay. If you seriously want to get him, I mean, in, in my prime times in the high stakes, I think he's available in 2% of leagues. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, there's like almost 90 leagues. I've got so, him in general at 7% rostered. And by the way, Gus yes. Edwards at 21%, um, Justice Hill at 4%. So these are guys that are available uh, widely. So now after watching that, and here's the thing. If you get a guy after week one 
and you have him for the rest of the season. This Rams team looks a lot better. I know it was week one. Maybe it's just Seattle's just in a funk this year or just had a bad game. But he is a part of that backfield. Like, he's at least 50-50. I think he's going to have either 60-40 or 55-45. So I'm going to be aggressive. Whatever you do, if you have the first waiver claim or it's a fab league, I'm going to put, you know, if it's $100, I'm putting at least $30 on him. Uh, You know, so – and the fact that Matthew Stafford looked so good and looked healthy – I, I think is just tremendous for that team. It you know it makes them viable. I'm not saying they're going to be Rams are going to be a really good team, but they're not going to be the dumpster fire we thought was possible. Like that team could have imploded. Now I don't think they implode. I think they're like you know they'll be a competitive, scrappy team like they were at the end of the year. Yeah, let me get, let me throw one more running back into the mix here, and this is a guy who, when I check Yastu, Yahoo at least, is on fifty seven percent of rosters and probably not available, Matt, in some of the kind of deeper or higher stakes mm-hmm. leagues that you play in, right? But for the people that are listening, this may be an option. I'd love to find out where do you believe Tyler Algier fits. In this pecking order, this is a guy that is rostered in 57% of leagues, which means that he is not in 43% of leagues. After Bijan gets drafted so high, we talk about how he's a no, a first round kind of pick. It's actually Algier that had more rushing yards, more rushing attempts, and they're going to be using Bijan all over the place. Algier was a nice story last year. What do you, and we know that the Atlanta, you know. Arthur Smith is going to run the ball. We talk, you know, you see Drake London, Kyle Pitts not getting the targets out there. They're going to be a run-heavy team. What do you think about Algiers week one, and where would he fit, you know, kind of if available, and so was Gus Edwards, or so is uh, Josh Kelly, or so is Kyron Williams? Would you put Algier in that mix as well? Uh, I mean, he's not available in any of my leagues, and I, sure. I didn't know he was, you know, he's that available. For me, he's the number one waiver player. Okay. For, for two reasons. I mean, Arthur Smith told us he was going to be involved. I didn't think he'd be this involved. Right. I think he, he outscored uh, Bijan, right? Bijan, yeah. yeah. So, and they're going to run the ball. Like, both of them could have good days like they had. They didn't throw the ball 20 times. Despite right. the fact they're having Drake London and Kyle Pitts, they didn't right. throw the ball 20 times. I mean, so Algier me, had more catches than London or Pitts, you know? Yeah. He he gets into the end zone twice. He, he, he totes the rock 15 times. And he had, uh, I think, three catches on three targets. I mean, if Algier was available in any of my leagues, he would start at 50% and probably go up to 70%. Okay. Now, if it's in your league, then it's 50% owned. Maybe you don't have to go that high. But he's the number one waiver claim. Over a Gainwell or over over everybody that's out there. For the fact that if anything happens to Bijan, we saw what he did last year. We saw what he did in week one. So uh, he's not going away, and Arthur Smith is going to run the ball. Like he said, he had a he had a quote this week when they talked about Drake London getting one target. He's like, Drake don't care. (laughs) This is a run heavy team. Drake London cares though. Hello, don't be fooled. Drake London cares. Okay, so he would be number one. It's it's you know if he's available in your league, that would be my number one claim. My second claim is. A mixture of those three. It's a mixture of Williams, Justice, and Joshua Kelly. I think yeah. we got to talk about Joshua Kelly. Uh, I mean, he had the same amount of carries 
as uh, Austin Eckler. Right. Austin Eckler ran 24 routes. He ran 17 routes. Eckler, I think, got five targets to his one or something like that. But still, he was heavily involved. I saw something where Eckler might have a slight little ankle injury. I don't know the extent of it or anything. But I, it seems like he's going to have a role in this offense. And even if it's not the role that he had week one, he is a must-own handcuff for this offense. <laughs> you know, so those are the guys that I see as being most available, even some of them in my leagues. Yeah. So those are the three. I mean, Idea would be number one if available, but those are the three that I've been focusing on. Uh, and for those reasons, if you're in a league that didn't draft Kenny Gamewell, Obviously, sure. you got to put him up there. If Roshan Johnson, for some reason, wasn't drafted in your league, again, I'm just throwing it out there. I don't think they're available. Uh, can I just give run down some watch list guys? Yeah. Is uh, Sean Tucker of Tampa Bay. I have a lot of Sean Tucker. I drafted him late. He was a, he was really good at Syracuse. He missed the combine because he had a heart issue. He was projected to be a third or fourth round draft pick. Went undrafted. Uh, he had a really good camp, a uh, really good preseason. He had, I think it was, whatever, five carries for 15 yards. Didn't do much, but I thought Rasheed White looked awful running the ball. I know Rasheed White's thing is catching the ball, but, I mean, he did not look good running that ball. And it was against the Vikings. It wasn't against, like, some, you know, yeah. 49ers defense. So I, I'm thinking at some point in the not-too-distant future, uh, Sean Tucker is going to have a much bigger role in this offense. We'll see, but that's just a watch list guy right there. Sounds good. And you know, all right. So let's let's take a look at some of the wide receivers out mm-hmm. there. You know, it's interesting. We talk about how much it's a passing league, yet you know, very few quarterbacks got more than like 225 yards passing <laughs> in Week One, right? But there were some wide. There receivers. is a reason for that, though. What's that? There is a there is a reason for that. Tell why me. the why the passing has gone down. And I think it's, you know, we saw it last year and we're seeing it again this year. They just do not want to allow the big play. So you're seeing all this zone. They're sure. all dropping back. You know, that's what, I mean, that's what teams do to the Bills now. Oh, yeah, the, the two Jets. high safety look. They, they're like, look, if you get frustrated, you want to take that shot, we're there. And then right. you pick them up. They kind of and force a lot that of these... dynamic quarterback to dink and dunk their way. And yes. you know, if you're going to do it with a 12-play drive, so be it. We'll tip your cap. Exactly. But there's going to think... be a penalty. There's going to be a mistake. There's going to be a drive buster there. And they're truly making teams kind of, you know, uh, didn't Lombardi say it? Like matriculate the ball down the field. That's as the perfect opposed term. to matriculate the kind of. Matriculate the ball down the field. It's kind of the over the top. So that does make sense. Let me give you one wide receiver that's on my radar. I know you were talking about you were talking about the Rams and stuff, um, and we can get to uh, Puka. But I like Kendrick Bourne, Matt. I like mm-hmm. what I saw out of him in um, New England. We've been wondering who will be kind of that number one option in New England. And Bourne had 11 targets in that game like more four more than any other Patriots receiver forget about the fact that he went into the end zone twice went six for 64 to me it's the fact that he got 11 targets that's like that's target hog you know real share he would be even above um 
you know, Puka on the Rams for me personally, because I think that's more sustainable and there's no uh, threat to Cooper Cup coming back. I think he is going to be the leading receiver for the New England Patriots. And if he's available in your league, I say you go ahead and get him. And by the way, he is available in, um, I have the number right here. He's available in like 95% of Yahoo leagues at least. But who are the wideouts you look at? Yeah, no, I think Bourne is a great pick for the fact that Juju's knee yep. was was garbage when they signed him. I don't get that. Parker never plays, and it's more of a tight end friendly offense. So he's the one guy, and he, he you know, eleven targets. Can't Delivered. argue with that. My guy, that's not a Ram, and would be right up. He probably be my number one target this week. Is Rashid Shahid? Mm. This kid last year had a. Uh, Yards per route run like over like 220 or something. Like, like really a fantastic on a small sample. And he showed you again on Sunday. I think this kid's dynamic. He's a track star. Uh, he's the third option. But I, I really like this kid. And uh, if he's out there, he's somebody to look at. Obviously, Pukanuka and Tutu, I would have him in consideration. But uh, Shahid, Bourne, I think those are – Really good uh, gets if you can add a wide receiver. All right, fair enough. Here, fantasy freestyle representing the starting five and the cloud 10 podcast network. Let's go to tight end real quick. Listen, mm-hmm. there are a couple of guys that we had told people about that I think had good week ones. I mean, Luke Musgrave almost got into the end zone, should have gotten into the end zone with that Packers game. Jordan Love looked pretty good. And I'll tell you, Hayden Hurst. I, I mentioned Hayden Hurst, Maddie, mm-hmm. and he had five catches, 41 yards, and did get that touchdown. And I go to the targets, Maddie, seven targets for Hayden mm-hmm. Hurst. That led the Carolina Panthers with rookie quarterback Bryce Young. Those are some names that are out there for me. I continue to go to the mat for Musgrave and Hurst. What do you well, see on I'm, the tight end side? I mean, Musgrave should have had a huge day. He probably yeah. should have had two touchdowns. Right. Uh, so on the upside play, it's it's Musgrave. I mean, they don't have a deep receiving core. Watson's hurt. So he'd be my number one option. But Hunter Henry, he got six targets, led all tight ends in receiving yards. He's got a touchdown. Uh, you know, this is a 12 formation bait. It's going to be him and Gusecki, and it looks like Bourne's the yeah. guy, and maybe the kid from LSU or Douglas will factor in there. Other options that got seven targets, Durham Smythe. Ooh. Got seven targets in Miami Dolphins. Ferguson and the Cowboys, seven targets. Yeah. Uh, I believe Logan Thomas. He, he dropped a couple of balls. But eight, he got targets. Yeah. eight targets. Yeah. Eight targets Logan Thomas. And a guy who I, I think is just done. He can't really move, but he seems like he'll be a volume play is Zach Ertz. I right. think Trey McBride is a physical athlete, the guy who should be out there running routes for this team that's going nowhere. But you know, those are just some options there. Uh, you know, look at your team. Look at your team. What do you need? Do you need to replace a Dobbins? Do you need to add to your wide receivers? You know, did you draft Watson and say Judy? And you're a bit short right now. So, I mean, or your, your tight end position, you kind of punted it. You need to add to that. I, I think all these guys are good options. I mean, some I have ahead of others. But, I, I mean, I, I think there's ways to improve your team in week one. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and it's not just the idea of next man up. It, you know, you mentioned that, you know, T Higgins had something like eight or nine targets and only 
and no catches, right? So don't just look at the production. Look at the way that they were mm -hmm. game planned. Look at the way they were tried to be utilized. Look at if there are plays designed for them, you know? And by the way, out in Baltimore, were they are not plays designed for Zay Flowers out there? <laughs> yeah. Somebody what do you have, 40%? I think he had a 40%? The target share, absolutely, you know. So, Ooh. I mean, I don't think he's available in your leagues because everybody was on him, <laughs> along with some of these other rookies like the Jackson Smith and Jigba, like the Quinton Johnstons, like the Jordan Addisons. But if Zay Flowers is out there, go and get him because they are going to use him in Baltimore. I want winners. I want people that want to win. Let me bring it back to where we started here. I know you're talking about calling up Minshew Mania trying to trade. What if, <laughs> if I tell you, Zach Wilson will start 16 games for the New York Jets? Like, does he fit in the QB2 conversation? You know, with these Jimmy Garoppolo's, with these Sam Howells, with some of these other young quarterbacks you were impressed by taking that step, you know, like the loves, like the pickets. Pickett didn't look good in week one. Is there the potential with all the playmakers uh, around him, whatever he learned from Aaron Rodgers in training camp? Is Zach Wilson viable? Let's say you have. Aaron Rodgers, and you're in a two-quarterback league, and, you know, there's hardly any starting quarterbacks even available out there. What are your expectations for Zach Wilson? Uh, my expectations are not high, my, but I am going to be optimistic and hope that he's just like, I'm going to feed Garrett Wilson. Right. Like Garrett Wilson, that catch he made last night in the end zone. Amazing. Like, he batted it away from the defender. And the other thing the Jets can do well is these screen passes. Like Brees Hall, yeah. Dalvin Cook is is good in the screenplay as well. So he's got those options. And Alan Lazard as a safety blanket, I think, as well. I mean, um, Randall Cobb, who Aaron Rodgers, you know, yeah, to the sunset for the season. I think Cobb might be selling. <laughs> really don't have deep wide receivers, so maybe that saves Cobb. That's but fair. I am not optimistic, but I'm going to try and be optimistic because I have – <laughs> yeah, I hear you, but it gets no easier because now the J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 week two, they go to oh. Dallas to see the Cowboys, that same Cowboy defense that sacked Danny Dimes seven times. So we'll see what Zach Wilson does under pressure Ooh. in his first start of the season. Keep it locked to us all season long. We'll be giving you what you need, how to adjust, how to build your fantasy champion. That's what we do is we put the fun in functional sports content. So from my man, Matty Modica, I am merely the spitting statistician, Dane Martinez, telling you to like, follow, subscribe, write a five-star review, and go on and check out the Marketplace and Fantasy Foes as well with our starting five brethren, Adam Ronis, Nando Defino, and of course, the fantasy executive, Corey Parsons. We'll be back here next week. Hopefully, you got the guys we told you. Don't forget about the rookie in Baltimore who's going to be available come October as well. It is the evolving thing in the first few weeks, and we'll be back next week to tell you all about it. This is another edition of the Fantasy Freestyle in the books. We'll see you next time around. Peace. I cannot play with him. Cannot win with him. Cannot coach with him. Can't do it. <laughs>